So we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Marseille View where we review the previous games that have happened last week. Um, this episode is going to be a treat for us since we had quite a thrill of a game, I don't remember last time, um, that we had a good game like that with so many twists and turns in this game. Um, so this game, uh, so Marseille uh, playing at Monaco against uh, what seems like a whole new squad every time we play them. Um, and uh, Marseille saw themselves trailing by as much as 2-0 as early as the 25th minute, but somehow, uh, and we still wonder how Marseille actually managed to pull four goals in a row, uh, and unanswered until uh, Marvi sadly turned into what he actually is. He just basically was was Roberto Carlos for, for just about 60 minutes, and then managed to turn back into uh, Jordan Marvi and let a third goal in, but... You know, that's how it is with Marseille. We always uh, manage to um, to scare ourselves. So we're going to debrief this game. And to do this, we're going to have uh, the classic 11 of uh, the Marseille view. First of all, we have Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Um, just for full disclosure, uh, I have to, to tell everyone that Ben has been watching the game uh, on his phone in the middle of a, of a Muse concert. Is that right? <laughs> Stream, but hey, it was, uh, it was uh, shouting either way, so which is the next reason to be happy, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. So, I guess we can expect uh, your uh, your the precision of your analysis to be just as good as your poor taste in rock music. <laughs> well, maybe, no promises. Yeah. Fair enough. And then uh, the second speaker is going to be uh, another classic speaker. Uh, hi, Ed. Bonjour. Hi. Uh, and again, just for full disclosure, since the rumour started that Zuba Zarata uh, does absolutely nothing for the club, we sent Ed uh, out on a scouting mission in Milan. Uh, so we're very much looking forward to your report, Ed. Yeah, um, bit tough one, actually. There's no games on, so I had to spend the weekend at a racetrack in Monza. Yeah. But it was it was pretty good. I'm still waiting for my paycheck to be paid in by Zubin, the boys. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so um, we'll just kick off into into the game. Since we don't have any transfer window or any other news really to talk about, we're just going to spend the bulk of this episode talking about how the game went and uh, really our feelings on it. So we'll just start with our overall impressions. Um, so, 4-2, um, or 4-3, sorry, this game. Um, we started again in a 4-3-3 with uh, Vinas Boas's, um stubbornness to actually stay in the system, even though he... It changed quite a lot. It did change quite a lot during the game, but started 4-3-3 nonetheless and uh, had quite a scrappy game. Um, but we'll start off with our, with our general impressions. Ed, do you want to kick us off? What did you think about the game? Yeah, uh, oh dear. It was a bit of a tough one to watch. I can remember when Monaco went 2-0 down. Sorry, went 2-0 up. I was cursing, screaming, calling them fucking donkey shit. Same old shit, different day. But we got through it. We got through it, and that's all we need to do. That's just what we need to do. We need to get through everything. Benedetto looks like the man we need to trust. Um, the way he's playing, the way he's outplaying Jaman, the way he's scoring the goals, he could come in handy. He really could. But the defence needs a lot of work. We need to find a replacement for Turban. And maybe we need to get Payet more involved. I don't know. I feel, apart from that goal, I couldn't really think of anything he did last night. But we're, we're on a good we're on a good run. We're on a, we've got Montpellier next week, so let's let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. We 
we're on three on the bats now. We've got to make it four. And results are going to be consistent. Got to be consistent if we want to get in Europe. That's that's the bottom line. We've got to be consistent. We've got to be keen. We've got to stop giving stupid penalties away, like Qatar and come up. Qatar did on the first one, because Monaco may be a, Monaco may be relegation final this year. But if we do that against PSG, we do that against Lyon, we do that against Lyon, we're cooked. We need to be more disciplined, more uptight. And we need to give Steve less work to do than what he should be doing. Yeah, no, it's it's just when it's your goalkeeper that's really just uh, the man of the match, game in and game out, it's it's when you know you have a big problem, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Uh, It's not needed. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. Just Paya is just—we don't see him enough, especially in the, yeah, especially in the first half of the game. You know, you, like he was basically just either not there or he was just 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 um, doing the wrong things or, or, or just technically very very poor. But I feel like it's mm. just—it's just due to the fact that he's on the on the left wing. You, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't want about I, it, but I, 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 I can't I, stand this four-three-three, especially when when you have Paya left wing and you're so so like. Deserted in terms of wingers, you play Germain in front. Yeah, it's all over. I, I felt, I felt tactically we that the system did change though, the shape did change throughout the game, especially after we went two 0 down. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but also in the second half there was a bit of a, a reshift and Germain seemed to be playing a bit wider. He was, he was very close to Benedetto in the first half, and then he, he seems to be playing a bit wider in the second half because he, he put in a few good crosses. But um, Payet. Beyond the problem of him playing out on the left, I'm just not liking his body language at all. He seems disinterested. I don't know what what he, he's what's going on in his head. Is it is it him sulking because he's playing out on the left? Is it him sulking because the armband's been taken away from him? I, I don't think we'll know the truth right away, but it's just he it, it, it frustrated the head out of me, especially as, as you guys say in the first half. He was he was non-existent. He had no fucking impact on the game. He was walking around, and yeah, he, he was one of the two players I was going to single out for individual criticism. But at the end of the day, he got a goal. He got a goal, but I mean, I, I don't agree with I don't agree at all with, with, with I mean, your your take on the fact that he seems disinterested. You know, when you see him after the game, I don't like his body language. I mean, I've, I've not found. I don't think he's right since the game at Nantes, where he didn't take the penalty. I think he didn't fancy it more than the fact that he wanted to, to give it to Benedetto. So. I, I think something's going on there. I, I generally think he's he's not himself. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I, you see him in the videos, you know, like during the week and stuff from the club, and you, and you see him after the games when he always talks to the cameras. And it for me, I, I see someone who who looks a lot more implicated in the team than than last year, for example. You know, and maybe that's because the Euros are coming up. Maybe that's because just the fact that he hated Garcia in the end. But I mean. I, I think that he looks quite good. I mean, he looks in shape, and for me, I, 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 his body language satisfies me quite a lot. Yeah, it satisfies me, but I don't think I think he's dreaming if he thinks he wants to get to the Euro squad. No, um, no, there's, a, there's mean, a spot for him. No, there is not. There's, have you seen how? No, it's not on current form. No, exactly. Not if in you that see position. How, if you see how stacked France's squad is. It's got no chance. He might as well just play France B. Yeah, but it's but, all about profile. Like who who plays like him? Apart from maybe Fekir, but Fekir is is just in exile at the moment. Well, he's in Real. Yeah, I wouldn't call it that bad. Yeah, but Dishon Dishon's changed the system a bit as well, where there is no place for Payet. Payet got into the France squad playing in that number ten position under under Bielsa, and then under Garcia maintaining when he when he came back, he found form in, in the second half of the season. We had the European Cup run, but. Yeah. Out on the left, there is no place for him in that squad. There's way better exactly. players than him. Exactly. Coman, the way France play is pace on, on the wings and, and Dimitri doesn't have, Yeah. Dimitri doesn't. Dimitri doesn't have that. He has creativity, but he how many players? Yeah. yeah. Going back oh, yeah. to the going back to the game, um, when we were down two 0 as early as what twenty fourth minute, what 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 was running through your heads like? Were you just thinking like fuck, like we don't seem to be able to get any type of offensive knowledge, so we're fucked, or did you? Were you actually believing? Even no, I wasn't. I, 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 I wasn't believing. I was thinking Ben Yadda's done us dirty. Um, I was thinking here we go again. We're gonna lose to Monaco. 
We're gonna have the same shit, different day from the meat, from the OM clowns up front. Um, I, I, I was really, really shitting myself. But when Benedetto got one back, it kind of the mood changed in my mind. I thought, okay, we're in it. Look, if we're not, gonna, if we're gonna lose, we're gonna not lose badly. We're gonna get a goal in. Eventually, we did get another goal back, although no one saw it because Canal was decided to go on strike for two minutes and not show us the game. Um, but yeah, I was not confident half half uh, way for the first half. I was thinking, oh god, here we go again. As you can see in the chat, uh, there was a few curse words and a few four-letter exchanges about the team's performance. We've got to get more. We've got to be up every minute, regardless whether it's the first minute or six, seven minutes added time. Yeah. We've got to be up for that. I'm not gonna lie, I was like that at 2 0. I just thought, because we weren't playing badly, but obviously I was just thinking yeah. it was going to be just just like the um, just like the 6 1. It's just like, you know, it's just going not our way. The first goal was just like, honestly, I was on the floor from what the fuck Kamara was doing. And the second goal, Mandada stretches well, and they just falls straight mm. back into Benita's head. I honestly thought it was just one of those days when, you know, nothing goes your way and then the team just crashes. But. Yeah, picked ourselves well, but it didn't, didn't look like... Sorry, sorry, go for it, Ben. No, no, it's just, yeah, I was, I was the same as you guys, very, very, you know, shocked, obviously, and just thinking, fuck, should I even watch the rest of this game? I'm at a gig, but <laughs> then we got to go back. But, again, I mean, it's, it's probably my only, only, I mean, I have another positive analysis of, of an individual's performance, which will be Germain, we'll talk about him later, but on the negative side, Kamara was fucking all over the shop. He's... he's, he's he does not look right, and he he made really poor decisions in terms of positioning on the first goal. He was he was too far from his man, and a, a, a ball over the top. He seems to not be following the line that Gonzalez stepped up, and he didn't follow. But mm -hmm. the second goal, I I, I rewatched the replay again earlier, and I, I just can't figure out what the fuck he was doing, drifting out to the right. Him and him mm. and Gonzalez were literally in the same perimeter; they were within two feet of each other. And that left that massive gap out on the left, which we know which is already a weak spot because of Amavi's failure to follow his man and track back. But Kamara drifting into the same zone as Gonzalez, stepping up out of defence and not even putting a challenge in because it was a half-assed attempt at, at trying to block the, the attack. And it just, it just the, the decision-making just left me, just made me think, Jesus, he's going he's gonna to end up either getting sent off or scoring an own goal in the next... 20 minutes he's just having a stinker well no but he i mean Maybe. he wasn't i think he he did have mistakes and i mean I, I really look back at that i look back at two things for kamara i look at first the penalty that he gave and first the pass that he made straight to slimani for after through the 4-3 straight after kickoff he gives it straight back to slimani who nearly scores the 4-4 but apart from that i thought he was having a good game you know he his usual weakness of not being able to to cope with with uh, over the head over the head balls was actually quite good and everything. And on that second goal, I mean, everyone's at fault. Gonzalez is like fifteen yards behind the the offside line. Kamara is is gets kind of absorbed or attracted by the ball, and, and his treatment also fucks up a lot. I mean, the second goal is is one of those things when the whole team just seems to have a brain fart. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, they, I, they weren't. What I also know is how lazy they were. They weren't. Running back, they weren't charging back. They were almost like jogging back. So they were like, oh, okay, it's going to go in. Yeah, well. Kamara, I think we've realised something. Kamara might be slightly overrated. We all raved about him last year, but let's face it, guess who was his partner? Adil Dickhead Rami. Yeah, but I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. He's only 19. He's learning. I know he's yeah, 19, he's but... I, I, know he's 19, I know he's 19, but he, we're putting too much pressure on him. You know, he's a young kid. He's still got a lot of time to learn and a lot of time to evolve you know we're fussing him in and we're treating him like he's a 10-year pro and he's had all this experience he's well traveled we need to give him a little bit of leeway well that's I because he's we... looked like he's well traveled and he's looked like a, a 30 32 year old defender he's just that's what he's used to him mm. well we need to sort we need to sort something out we need to say right just enjoy football be a bit more relaxed because he looks shitting himself when Ben Yander and Solomani were coming left, right, centre. He looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah, he didn't Maybe. pick him himself up. I mean, in the first half, he, he, that's, I agree, Ed. He, he just looked a bit lost and he looked a bit worried that he was getting caught out 
too easily and they were, they were having the best of him. But yeah, he did pick himself up and I'm not going to be overly critical because at the end of the day, he made mistakes because he won the game. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's just not like it's not like the game last year where Rami made two mistakes and we all thought, fuck it, oh, this is it for the season. He's going to be he's going to be error prone. Kamara mm. won't be. He will. I think he will improve and he will go for a spell of playing better and yeah, and going back to to what what we saw last year for an extended period of time, which which was him bossing the defence and bossing opposition attackers. But yeah, it, it does have to be said that he's he's not been great since start of the season. He's been alright, I'll give him a 6 out of 10, but he's he needs to work on his, his concentration, and, and him and him and Gonzalez are going to learn to play together, and, and they, yeah. you know, this is a new, a new centre-back pairing, so it's going to take time. He, he also needs to relax, really. I think Vers Bart needs to say to him, look, don't worry, we all make mistakes, just enjoy your game. That's, that, that's all I'd say. I, I didn't think he played that bad in the second half. I mean, yeah, there was that 4-4 Nearly four-four goal. I mean, that's unacceptable. And that is unacceptable. That was, that, that was totally unacceptable. I feel we need to look at it. What would happen if that goal had gone in? Would we have been like with Kamara? Would we have been like with daggers out, screaming, "What the hell are you doing, man?" Or would we? Now we're looking at it. We think, "Yeah, he made a mistake." We need to. He needs to iron these out. Vers Bars needs to iron these out. He needs to get the centre backs and say, "Look." We nearly blew that last night. We nearly came away from this Louis Dirt with one point, not three. And he's been much more professional against Montpellier, much more tighter, much more stiffer. We cannot let any opposition attack charge at him. Not yeah. particularly with Kamara and Gonzalez. We need to be much tighter. And if we sit, we need to get the ball straight back and get back to Benedetto. I agree, I agree. That's I, I the think... midfield. Yeah. That's the midfield as well. I'm oh, yeah, going to move on to the midfield in a minute. And uh, just a closing point about, I mean, Kamara in the defence overall. It, we'll, we'll see what 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 the impact is of not having Kamara in the team because he's going to be suspended against, uh, not Montpellier, but against Dijon. So we'll see how the Alvaro and Chetatsar partnership, if it's better. Um, if maybe Kamara comes back a little bit more more focused, but we'll see. Um, I hate to sound like Resident, sound like Resident Dumbo, but why is he suspended? Because he got three yellows. He's had too oh. many yellows, yeah. I'm quite optimistic about... I, I think that they're more compatible with Trinette Star and, and Gonzalez. That's just my opinion based on profile. We've not seen him play together yet. Yeah, so I agree. I'm, we we I'm, have too I'm, many... I'm happy he gets good, good... I want him to get game time because we're going to need him later on in the season as well. When, yeah. when things like this happen, or Kamara or Gonzalez gets injured, we, we are going to need Trinette Star, so we do need to blend him and we need to keep playing him as often as, as we can. In the curbs and stuff, if, if he's not going to be the starting centre-back. Yeah. Before we move on to the midfield, um, we've only really talked about Kamara. Do you guys want to just give a few one-liners about the rest of the defence? Bit, bit shambolic. I mean, Gonzalez, Gonzalez played all right. Okay. Um, they didn't really show up. I mean, when you're letting three goals, it's not exactly great. It's not exactly great. Look, we need to keep as many clean sheets as possible. You know, we've now we need to stop letting these easy chip shot goals in. Okay, the second goal was a disgrace. I don't care. I don't care if it won. It was a disgrace. You need to be near Benyad. He scored one against you already. Be closer to him. We need to be more of a unit. There needs to be more of a defensive cohesion. You mark him. You mark him. You mark him. Not I'll stand here and do whatever, and then you do that. You do that. You do that. There needs to be more togetherness and there needs to be more tightness in order for our defence to succeed and we not have a meltdown like we did last night. Because we, we still concede three goals. At the end of the day, conceding three goals is not great. If if we hadn't won tonight, we'd be looking like morons. Yeah. Like, we'd be looking like morons. I don't know. I think I think the three goals, the three goals, uh, it's, it's coming out of, of stupid errors and the second goal is, is really just... Like just a whole team just breakdown, but overall, I was quite, actually quite impressed. Gonzalez showed a lot of technical abilities. Amavi was insane for like seventy minutes. I don't know if it's just me. Yeah, it was. It and, but was. For me, Jesus. the real disappointment is Bruno Sar. Bruno Sar doesn't seem to be back in the season at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, we discussed him last time. I think he's doing all right. He's got, you know, if you look from a stats point of view, he's, he's created chances that have led to goals. I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh on Sar. He's a lot better than he was last season. That's, that's yeah. all I, I, my analysis. But yeah, Amavi had a good game. 
got an assist. He deserved that assist, but based on his performance, then he reverted to, to his usual type. I yeah. think I think that th- this is what you were saying Ed, earlier against coming up against bigger teams with better strikers. This that shows how far we've come, but how far we have left to go as well. Because mm. let's face it, Slimani's a big physical player. He caused he caused Kamara all sorts of problems in the first half and partly in the second half. Then I think Benyadu yeah, as well. But Benyadu, he is he is. For me, he's, he's a European, you know, he's a Champions League level striker. He is a very good striker. I rate him yeah. highly. He did very yeah, well this year. But I, 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 whilst we weren't, and yeah, we got the result, and we, we seemed a bit more serene at the back of the second half. Um, I think a big part of that is down to the fact that Benyeda had to go off injured, and he was no longer on the pitch because he, he would have continued to be a threat to us if he'd stayed on the, in the game. Yeah, very, very good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to you, Ed. Um, we're going to move on to the midfield, and I think that's just—it's mm-hmm. been one of the main kind of controversial points of of this whole season, yeah. and last season, isn't it? And what, Ed, what, yeah. what did you think about uh, who, who do you? I want to split this into two. I want to split this into one Strutman and his role, mm-hmm. and two the partnership between Lopez and Sanson. Wh- which one would you yeah. would you want to talk about? Uh, let's go. Let's go for Strutman. I I, I think Strutman played alright. He's obviously. He's got his number one spot now with Lewis gone. I think Strootman played well. Strootman played as that was probably the best game Strootman's produced. I think really since his first game at Monaco when he played first game when it was against Monaco. Yeah, this time last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this time last year was his best game. He needs time. He needs time to learn. He needs time to adapt. He can still do this. I think he played well. He got a good involvement. He kept. Sanson and Lopez in check. He didn't let in too many clangers. He didn't give too much uh, problems for the defence. I, I think he played well. He played well. And I'm, I'm going to give credit to Kevin Strootman. I've not been easy on him, but he put in a good performance last night and he's got a lot to be happy with. And uh, should we move on to the second point then? Uh, Sanson and Lopez. Well, yeah, well, well us, but first, Ben, what, what do you think about that? Sorry, sorry. Because I, I don't, I, I don't no, agree with that at all. I agree. You agree? Um, I, I agree to an extent where he, he's getting consistent game time and I think he's building up and, and his, his fitness and his, his understanding of his position is getting better. But I don't think he can play alone as, um, as, a, as the one man in front of the defence. I don't think that's his position. And, and if you look at his career, he's never played as that single anchoring, anchor, anchor midfielder. So I think he did all right. I won't be as, as ecstatic as you, Ed, but I think he did all right, and I'm, I'm glad that he is showing signs of improvement. But in the long term, I definitely think that he will be better suited to having Augier next to him. And then if we revert to a, a midfield triangle, which is which is the, the opposite of what we have now, which is one and then two in front of him, I think we'll end up playing with two and then one in front of them. And I think he will be a bit more comfortable in that system where he's got someone next to him and, and you, you know, we saw that on the second goal when he gets skinned and fair play to Joseph Martinez that was an insane piece of skill what he did to get past Strootman in the midfield there but as soon as he got he got past him Strootman was clearly unable to track back and there was a massive gap between the midfield and defence like we see too often and it's not necessarily his fault it's probably the system as well but he, he does tend to step up a bit, a bit too, too far up and, and try and make that game that ball winning challenge and he, he, he doesn't make them successfully very often, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's what I wanted to split them because it's for me, Strootman is a big problem, especially at that position. Like, And, and that ties in with my takeaway point, which is literally the same one as last week. It's it, For me, Strootman as a number six, a line where he has he has the, the whole game in front of him and he's making the decisions. Everyone raves about how intelligent he is and his football IQ is amazing. But I'm sorry, but... the Either he's physically just he's exhausted, or yeah, or he, or tactically he's he's burnt out. Like, I mean that that second goal, like one, you're allowed one once every blue moon. You're allowed to get just wrecked like he just got. But you have to track back, and then he looked like he slowed down to try to stay with the offside line that Kamara was having, but not realizing that Alvaro Gonzalez was like 20, 20 yards behind, and and he he's just having shocker and that. When we were winning four three and it was a bit of like chaos in our in our defense and then the ball goes to him in in 
in the uh, in the box and then he tries to hoof it but he misses plus it's straight to Slimani who nearly scores like uh, either either he needs to to stop playing in a 4-3-3 and play with two players two defensive players where he doesn't have to carry so much of a load or I'm sorry he's just not fit to be at that position and I think the reason why we had so many problems is in part because of Lopez and Sanson just just basically doing whatever the fuck they wanted, but also because Truman because he he couldn't adjust to to the tactical challenge that was put in front of him. He's, he's not got the legs to play alone in, in that position in front of the back forward. Well, yeah, but I mean, how many times are we going to apologize about it? He's allowed to say, like, no, no, I'm, I'm not, not, not criticizing, not apologizing. I'm not making excuses for him. I just think that first of all, ADB needs to realize that, and he. He, whilst I do like his attitude and his 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 sort of fierceness on the pitch, where he you know he gets stuck in and he, he doesn't, he's not afraid to bring a player down and all of that. I do wonder about his communication with Sosa and Lopez because you would think that the players would be able to, to an extent, self-manage themselves on the pitch, and he would realise he's getting he's getting he's getting skinned too often, and he would say to one of them, "Guys, oh, one of you needs to slot in and be a bit closer to me because I'm getting done." And he, he just he just seems to want to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, which is just not capable of doing it. He isn't, and he needs to realise that. And, and I think we need to have, well, they need to have, the squad needs to have a discussion with ABB about the, the, the formation in midfield moving forward. And I think what we will end up seeing is Rongier playing alongside him. Well, I think you're going to have to inverse the triangle. You're going to have to play with two midfielders and one number 10. Exactly. Um, right, so Ben, just keep. keep um, I'm gonna go back to you now. What What do you think about Lopez and Sanson? Are you Are you more satisfied? Because it was one of the biggest weaknesses that we've had this season. It was, and I, I smashed Lopez on the last podcast, and I'll, I'll stick to that to an extent. He was better, but he wasn't. He wasn't exceptional. He, he's just not. He doesn't have that physical impact that we need in in, in that position. And his, I've always doubted his his. Sort of compatibility with Sosson. I mean, but he, he had an all right game. He set up the fourth goal when he passed it out to, to Marvi through, through a couple of players in a gap. But he, he, he just, he's not decisive. Apart from that, he just he just seems to, to have these, these moments where he's in the midfield, he gets the ball and he, he just looks for the safe option. And, and that's his profile. It is what it is. And it's probably what he's been told to do anyway. But he's just not. Let's face it, he's not going to be a playmaker for us, which many people thought he would be a Xavi or Iniesta type player. He isn't. He is never going to be that type of player. Yeah, he... Moving to Sossel, Sossel had a good game. I think it was his best game so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about that, Ed? Uh, I think Sossel had an excellent game. He was all over them. Uh, It's probably one of his better performances. But the fact is, he was doing two jobs for one player. Maxime Lopez was god-awful last night. He was running around like a headless idiot. You know, he needs to start think, stop thinking he's a wonder kid. You know, he's not anymore. I don't think he played that great last night. And if he keeps playing as he is, he's in danger of losing his place to Ranger. Depending if Ranger actually turns up. Which, he knowing Mark... No, no, but yeah, but knowing Mark says, I'll forget the paperwork. And we'll end up seeing him outside the velodrome begging to come in. Uh, oh, he came on, didn't he? He came on as a seven. He came on. He wasn't, he wasn't great. He was not no, great by any... Oh, wrong yeah. I must have missed that. Signed. Sorry. I know he signed. I must have missed it. You told me, oh, sorry. It must have been that irrelevant. I must have missed him. Um, <laughs> Lopez, I, he didn't play great. He didn't play well. He didn't. He just looked sloppy. Sanson, Sanson, he just... He has something about him, in all sense. I don't know why. He seems more more refreshed than he was last year. He, last season. he seems more up for it. I don't know whether that's ABB style, I don't know whether it's a new system, but I think it's working. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're sat- in, if you look at the whole season, you're satisfied with Samsung overall? Not just this game, the whole season? No, uh, no, no, no. Just, just this game. Uh, no, because Ed, say- Ed is saying AVB has seemed to transform him, so you're saying it's the whole season? Not the whole season. Well, so far, so far I should say, yes, yeah, so far he's done all right. No, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one to say. I mean, he don't played. Take the bait, Ed. Don't take the bait. I'm not, I'm not taking. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. 
<laughs> not drinking the Kool-Aid just yet, but he, but he played well. Navy B seems to have got a little bit dip, better out of him. But like I said, we may go to Montpellier in week's time and he may freeze. So I think there's still a lot of work to do with this midfield, but I feel Sunstone played well. Lopez needs a lot of work and needs to worry because I'm done with this complacency. I'm done with this whole BS that we've got to keep a Marseille-born player in the squad and we've got to cuddle him up, wrap him up in cot wall, release him so he can run around like a moron trying to charge up the players every night, every 45 minutes for the, every Sunday after, Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. He needs to change and he's, he needs to stop being... Like, he has this, he has some elements about him which is like still as a kid. Yeah. I think we need to stop mollycoddling. Let, let's get him in there. Let's tell him, you stick to this man, you stick to this man, you mark him, mark him, you mark him, you get the ball off him, and then we win the game. Yeah. Before, before we move on to to the strikers, um, I think, I think yeah, I think what I think about Lopez and Sanson is, I think when we first, I think we're very, very far from where we envisioned what that partnership would be when we first got them two years ago we basically thought Lopez will be the the playmaker through which the whole ball and whole game will go through and Sanson will be kind of the workhorse of the team the, the water boy you know like the guy who will just pick the ball up pass to Lopez run the pitch and finish some actions but then neither Lo Lopez doesn't seem to be able to carry the load and carry the pressure of being the playmaker and Sanson doesn't seem to, to have that athleticism enough to actually have the talent to, to pick the ball up and to make good tackles and to not lose the ball he seems to hold on too much and i think when on paper you see them and you're like all right profiles they seem to match together but in reality and it's been going on for a year now it, they don't they're not they don't complement each other at all um yeah so it's probably that sorry yeah no yes yeah, so I'll, I'll i'm just mindful of the time so we're gonna move on to strikers so um, Ed, what I think one of them, the focal point of when you saw the team sheet, the main interrogation is Germa being put as the right wing. Something that for me is nearly as sacrilegious as being Luis Gustavo a left back from last year. Um, what did you think? What were you expecting when you saw that? Uh, wrong position, really. Germain really didn't have much to do apart from, like I said earlier, run around like an idiot and then score a goal that no one saw. Again, he tries hard. He runs around like a runs around like a busy idiot, like I've said in previous podcasts. And again, he scored a goal. I mean, that's what he needed. And I think he laid a little bit off, a little bit less of the pressure off Benedetto's shoulders, who again had an excellent game. You know, it's if he had if he had nailed that penalty against um, against Nantes, we would be talking about. This guy's and he's scored in every league and game. Yeah, he could it's have had a hat trick as well because German's goal yeah, comes from him just missing a sitter. Yeah, it's it was pretty impressive, and I feel we've, you know, we we talked about Costas in the same way, we talked about Ballo in the same way, but this looks like the genuine article. He played brilliantly last yeah, night. Benedetto's a lot better than both those. In, oh, in, absolutely. In this squad and in this team. Yeah, he seems a lot more implicated in the build-up of, of plays, you know. He's, he's, he's very he, good technically. He's just his his want his first touch is 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 very very good, and he's capable of laying the ball off, playing his teammates in, and, and also he makes the right. He's got the right kind of movement which takes defenders with him, and he's just. I think he's he's class. I've been very impressed with him so far. Yeah, it's what we it's what we've needed really. We haven't had a a proper striker like him since uh, the, since Gignac left. I think this yeah, is yeah the, the way the way he chases down defenders as well. He's just he's just a hundred percent in the game. He he doesn't he doesn't have a breather. He doesn't look like he stops running. And he's, no. he's on the opposite from Germain, as you say, which sometimes looks busy for the sake of being busy. Everything Benedetto, Benedetto does seems seems planned and seems like mm. he's, he's got something in mind. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's constantly putting defenders under pressure and and trying to block the first first pass out from the back yeah that's, that's what you need it's what you need in a striker and he's done well seeing Give what happened on the, on the, sorry yeah see, seeing what happened last game i'm gonna ask you both question so for me what i think one of the main improvements from last game is the fact in that in the second half germain actually played as a second striker so i'm gonna ask you 
seeing the fact that we don't have any real wingers at the moment, and that we have the opportunity to have Streetman and Roger playing as a as, as a pair, and Roger said that he plays very well in a four four two flat. Do do you think that's we should go ahead and play like that? Do you think we should play in a four four two? I don't think any first. Yeah, I don't think any people do that. It's not. It's, he's never played. Four no, but we know what he would do. He's just going to play in a 4-3-3, But what? What do you guys think? I, I think it's going to be down to if you know. We, you guys have discussed Jamal. I was impressed with Jamal last night. I think he did well because he didn't in the first half. He didn't stick out too wide. He did get close to Benedetto, and I mean it, overall in the game, and, and this is an overall judgment for the team and the performance. I think we created. This is, this is the, the most chances we've created since the start of the season in the way we played and the way that we constantly try to get into the area and shift the ball around and, and create problems for them. So, Germain was a big part of that. And he, he automatically, even though... Because when I saw the, the team sheet, my first reaction was that the formation on the team sheet's wrong and he is going to play alongside Benedetto. But he, he ended up being slightly out onto the right. But he does have that intelligence when he plays with another striker... He seems to, whoever that striker is, he always seems to be able to combine with them and, and to find some sort of synergy and, and compatibility, despite not having played with them for very long. So, I think, I don't think we'll change tactically, but I do think that I, I want to see Jamar and Benedetto together, whether it's in a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2, because I think they complement each other very well. And, and last night was evidence of that, and they both got on the score sheet. And Jamal got an assist as well, I believe. So <clears throat> it's it, it works. I think Jamal's the type of player who he's very versatile. And if he gets told playing playing the position, but remember your football brain and remember to play off the striker, he will, and and that will pay off for us. Yeah. What about you, Ben? What about you, Ed? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I I would like to see a four-four-two. Uh, we uh, to give a little bit less pressure off the midfield, but. AVB doesn't play that system. And I feel that is going to be a worry. You know, we haven't got any wingers at the moment that seem to be functioning or wanted surgery. I think, personally, AVB will need to mix it around. You need, he will need to put it in 4-4-2 because, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, German lays the pressure off Benedetto who can get and get reached the net. It's, it's, it's going to be a must particularly when we do realise eventually that, hang on a minute, Tillman's not going to come back for a few months. We're going to need to get them to up front, end of. Not only Tillman, but Lihadji as well. Lihadji is also injured until November. Oh, yeah, Lihadji as well. That's that's another big blow. But is, he, gonna... is, is he injured? I don't think he's injured for that long. I think he's injured for a few weeks, and then he's, he's not going to be in the... Under 18 squad well, he's still until he's still got no, exactly. at least at least three four weeks. I think okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think I think we've already talked about Payet quite a bit. Um. So I'll, I'll ask you guys if you had to take just like one takeaway point from this game. So whether it's a player, just like tactical choice, or kind of what one one feeling that you've got from this game, what would it be? We finally found the. A good striker. That's all I've got to say. We finally find someone who can actually score. Now, I mean, bear in mind, in the first it, against Nantes, I rinsed Benedetto for that miss. Ben will know it because he was on the podcast with me that I absolutely <laughs> destroyed Benedetto. You know, I made the whole point about South American balls and all that. But he does have that. He does have those guts. So we need a striker. And I think today, yesterday, I think we found out that. This is the man we can rely up front to get us 10, 20 goals. This is the guy we've needed for since, really, since Gomez left. Three years, seasons, three seasons ago. This is the man we need, and we've got him, and we need to focus around him. Yeah, and then for, for 14 million, he seems to be a bargain now, isn't it? Between him and Alvaro, that's under 20 million for two of our best players of the season. Just me, but we yeah, spent it well. On, is it just me, but we spent well not spat money up the wall? <laughs> Yeah, because, well, Gassi has not in charge anymore, so that's probably, oh, probably yeah. makes a huge difference. No, he's, yeah. he, he is, a, he is a, a true striker, and his finishing is, is brilliant. I mean, if you see most most of his attempts on goal are, are on target or very close to the target, he doesn't, apart from the penalty he skies, he always seems to 
just just find the right body position when the ball comes in. I mean, his second goal, the way he hits that with his, I I I think he's right footed, but he scored two with his left already. Yeah. So drives, and he he just seems to be that complete striker that that has it all in his game, and he's good. I mean, that that would be one of my takeaways from the game, and and my other takeaway will be the spirit because. Guys, you know, if you look back over the last six months, I think this is probably, in my memory, this is the, the first game in a while where we've gone behind so competitively and picked ourselves up and, and come back and won the game. So I think that mentally we, we seem to be getting a bit stronger and, and whether that's the players and, and the AVB effect, I think that's a very positive thing. And I liked what I saw in terms of the response and the reaction after going two goals down. We just kept playing our game. Well, we actually got woke up and got into the game, actually. We weren't playing the same shit we played for the first 20 minutes. And that, that is, for me, encouraging because it's, it's wins like that when you come from behind that, that cement the squads. Well, yeah, we actually haven't had a win like that since Nice two years ago now. And it, it was actually around the same time of the year, wasn't it? And then we did just go through a quite nice run until we met PSG. So, you know, it, it, it's got it's one of these things where you know it's going to galvanise a locker room and clearly it has in the past so why not again let's keep doing it yeah. let's keep the form let's keep the momentum up because until we hit the big run of games I mean we when we play Leon the first time uh, we'll just have a look well we've got no we've got PSG Leon and Lille all in a row and when's um, that that's that's mid-October I believe yeah yeah, mid- yeah we've got to keep that form up until mid-October until we hit that wall so we've got yeah. three, so we've got Montpellier, and then we've got uh, Dijon, and then I can't remember who the third team is, but you would, you would expect, I would expect a minimum of six points from, from those three games. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, feel- and then that puts us in, if that puts us in the top three, come, come playing those guys, that takes a lot of pressure off us mentally in terms of if we lose to one or two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're going we're gonna to get to the kind of our expectations for the next couple of, couple of games. Um, but just lastly, just what my takeaway from this game, I think it's going to be a bit more negative than you guys. Um, for me, I just I I'm sorry, but everyone is kind of for me, everyone's just a massive prisoner at the moment, and everyone's starting to go in love with AVB, and I've got massive, massive problems with the man. It, for me, he's the first coach since Bielsa to to come in his first season and to have three months to actually prepare and then put in his tactics, and I'm not seeing any of that. All I'm seeing is a team that has next to nothing to show in terms of build-up and to attacking, attacking mindset. I see a team that cannot seem to win by more than one goal, that seem to defensively so poor, we're conceding more than one goal a game, and that's with Mandanda actually making four or five big saves a game. So if we had the Mandanda from last season, you know, we would be conceding at least three goals a game. It's, for me... I, I, I don't buy into Villas-Boas at all at the moment. I think that his tactics are very stubborn. He's not making taking the best out of his players because when you look at the squad, we're better than 90% of those teams. And it's either equal or sometimes when you saw against Rance and Nantes, I mean, might as well be dominated by these players. And when you look at their squad, they're not even football players. You know? And, and we're just well, getting dominated. And it seems like when a team... Is pressing us. We we have nothing to lie on in terms of uh, tactics or in terms of reflexes of cohesion of team, and it's something that Villas Bo- Bo- Boas has had the opportunity to do. It's something that Mitchell, something that Garcia, something that even Passi did not have, and he's playing for me just as bad as them. Yeah, well, Lucas, I ain't dr- drinking the Kool Aid. I know Villas Boas has got some faults, and he's got to fix them quickly. We have got defensive issues, I agree with you, and we need to focus them. We've got, the next three games are going to be vital. We've got Montpellier, we've got Dijon in midweek, and then we've got Rance. If we don't pick up at least six, like Ben says, we are in the shit. Because then after that, we've got a tough away trip to Amia, then we've got Strasbourg at home. Strasbourg are no team to be snuffed at. We're on, they've got to the Europa League playoffs, admittedly they went out, but they're still a tough team to... Play against. We've got PSG away, then we've got two tough home games, Lille and then Lyon. And then we've got the away trip afterwards to lose. We have got to work harder on the defence. 
because if Mbappe gets a sniff, if Dembele gets a sniff, we are stuck. Because they will rip past us like an hurricane. Like a hurricane. They will rip this defence. And we've got to be more tighter. We cannot keep relying on Benedetto to get us out of this mess. We have got to be tougher. We have got to be tighter. This is vital. If we want European football, we have to be tighter, tighter, tighter. And that is the word I'm going to be using until we start getting more clean sheets and we start winning by more goals. End of. We've got to be tighter, tighter, tighter. Agree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be less critical of ADB because we've got to remember the shit he's got to work with. Um, and not, that's not just the players, it's the whole morale of the squad and the way he found it when he walked in there and, and all the other shit that's going on around him and above him at board level, which, you know, he's got, he's working for fucking air war, guys, you know, it can't be easy. But I, I'm not going to be overly positive either, but I will, I, I, I think he's done okay, but he could do better. And, and the, the main thing for me that he could do better is switching very quickly as early as the next game to that two in, in, in holding midfield. And if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't start testing that out and the players don't start getting used to that, and he does a Garcia where he tries some fancy fucking tactical masterclass against PSG and puts, suddenly switches to two defensive midfielders in one of those big games, that's when we're gonna, we're gonna fuck ourselves. So unless he does that in the next two games, or unless we see a, a drastic improvement in the system and, and the players really blow our minds away, then then I, I will start being a bit more critical of him. But so far, so good from a point point of view. And I think yesterday, in terms of the, the, the way we played and the chances we created and some of the, the attacking moves we put together, if we could continue doing that, and that is that is that if that is the game that kicks off our season like it was meant to be last year, then I think we'll be all right. But if not, um, he, if, he, if, he, if he does the Gassia thing of, of insisting with the same lineup and the same tactics, even though the results stop coming and we stop winning, then, then I'll, be, I'll be very critical of him. Yeah, okay, very good, guys. So um, I'm going to try to keep this podcast under 50 minutes, so we've just got a few more minutes. Um, so we're looking at playing uh, Montpellier at home. Uh, next Saturday, and then we've got a short week because we're playing Dijon on Tuesday and then Rennes at home uh, again. So very difficult games, Rennes in front of us, and Montpellier, we all know um, how difficult it is to actually um, show any kind of uh, of good performance against Montpellier. So what, what are you guys expecting for these the, these three games? So we, Dijon is bottom with only one point. Rennes second, and then Montpellier is, I mean, a boring team that we know is just going to park the bus. Yeah, well, we know what happened when we went into Montpellier confident last time. We got Dick 3-0. That was really the start of Rudy Garcia's Waterloo. I think we'll, we'll get a draw out of Montpellier. We will probably just scrape a draw. Dijon, yeah, that's three points. I think Dijon is such a mess and such a rut that I think we could just beat them. I think maybe 2 3 nil. Rennes is going to be tough. They beat Paris Saint-Germain at home. We've got them at home, so we've got the atmosphere and we've got the supporters on our side, but Rennes are a good team. Let's face it, Rennes didn't beat PSG via fluke. They played, played them at their own game. I think we can, we could probably beat Rennes. I may sound like I'm mincing my words, but I generally do think we will beat Rennes. So we will get. Uh, they've, uh, they've got a good record at the Velodrome in recent years, which is what worries me yeah. most. Actually, they they, yeah, but... they they always seem to stick on us at home, mm. and they I think they've in the last five games they've played away to us. They've scored in three of those. They've scored more than three goals. Yeah, yeah that's this, that's why it's such a tough one to predict with Brens. Uh But I think we can turn up with a bit more of a chance. But Rennes will not be easy. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Rennes will be a tough one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, probably, it's probably the toughest of the three. That's all I've, I've really got to say on this one. Actually, I actually I think it's going to be more... Yeah. yeah, go for it, Ben. No, no, I agree. With, with Rennes is the toughest because of the form they're in. But um, from a systemic point of view, I'm, I'm very 
interested and curious to see how we adapt to Montpellier's free at the back system because that, we've always struggled against that system. Everyone always that, struggles against them. There's nothing to yeah, adapt. Montpellier are happy concede, with just doing nothing all game. Yeah, they don't concede many goals. And, and they've got a fucking 42 year old at the back. Um, that used to play for us. Yeah, but it doesn't uh, matter if they stay in front of the goal. It doesn't. He can be fifty. He, they don't run. Like that's the issue. I say it year in year yeah. out with Montpellier, and that's why I actually think in that that like that three games, I think Montpellier is going to be the hardest because seeing the reservations that I have for our actual tactical mindset, Montpellier is always a ridiculously annoying team to play because they can have it's perfectly content against big teams to just play for the nil nil. And actually play for the nil-nil. They don't look for any counters. They're literally just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to park the bus. You can do whatever you want. You're at home, so you're going to have to try to, to score. And if you don't score, you're going to get staying frustrated. And that's when I'm going to go score. Montpellier is yeah. always like yeah. that. So I think we're not going to be able to play. It's the first big test. I think it's the first big test of, of Benedetto for me in terms of what impact does he have when he's, he is going to be quite isolated, I can imagine. Oh, well, yeah. Because, because it's the free centre-back. So... If if he can pull something out of the bag and score, you know, an individual effort, then he will he will only go higher in everybody's esteem and everybody's view of him. But yeah, if if tactically we don't, I, I don't think we'll change when we start the game. I think we will start with the standard four three three. But if if during the game, AVB then doesn't, if it if it's not working and AVB then doesn't adapt until Jamal can get closer to if Jamal starts closer to Benedetto, then that that will be sort of the beginning of, of the bullshit and, and it will change our view of, of how good we think we actually are because yeah we've had a good run but yes we've played some decent teams as well but none of those teams have been in, on particular good form and we've not produced anything exceptional in any of those games yep so very good guys um i'll just i'll uh, probably you can end up the the podcast on this um so um yeah so We'll see each other probably next Sunday uh, after we'll see what happens with the Montpellier game. Um, yeah, and then that's that. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and you guys just want to say a couple of last words before I end the podcast? Yeah, I want to say this. Believe, three words, actually, I'm going to say. Believe in Benedetto. That's all I will say from now on in. And if you keep scoring, this will keep going throughout the season. Believe in Benedetto. Believe in him like if he's your new god, because this man will take us somewhere. Believe in that man. Believe in that beautiful Argentinian man. Let's do this. Come on. Fucking hell. All right. Oh, cool. All right. So uh, see you, yeah, everyone, I next agree, week. I agree. Yeah. yeah let's, let's hope, guys. Let, let's just be happy with, with three wins on the bounce. It's been, I can't remember the last time we had three wins on the bounce. So. That's that's my final analysis. Let's let's just let's just let's just ride the wave of positivity for now, but not get too carried away. Okay. All right. See you guys. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.